0: Welcome to the Fitness Oracle Daily Show. I am your host, John Katsavos, and today is m M&M and Monday, and we're talking about myths and misconceptions surrounding men's mental health and why it's harming us, guys. I know at the beginning of this month, we actually covered this topic, but this topic is so critical and so important that we need to address it even deeper. That's why I'm doing a second a, a second segment on second week on this because it's just such an important topic. Especially when it comes for us when we start to feel that we're alone. Now, I remember in my past when I when I when I was working as a security guard back at back in the late 90s, uh I had just finished university. I was going to become an auto mechanic. Quote unquote, I was going to become an auto mechanic. That's what I went to college for, uh, community college. Uh, Apparently, I wasn't smart enough to go into university. Whatever. I don't know whose standard that is, but whatever. Well, that's a different topic. But um, I was okay with it because I enjoy cars just like every other guy. I enjoy, I thought I had enjoyed cars enjoyed working on cars and that was a very big aha moment with me about 20 years later no 15 years 15 to 20 years later we'll get into that later but um i had got a job as a security guard just to make ends meet and i got I had gotten promoted to shift supervisor and i was making pretty good money Uh, You guys may be knocking security guards, but I mean, they do a wonderful job protecting our properties and protecting uh, our assets. So I have nothing, no bad words to say about any security guard out there. You guys are doing fantastic jobs. You guys are protecting the stuff that I care about, that we care about. You guys are unsung heroes in my eyes. Regardless, um, I was, like I said, I was shift supervisor. I was making really good money. Um, I was living at home and, uh, I had bought, a, I had bought a condo that I was renting out with my sister and I had bought a car that I should not have been able to afford at the time. Uh, it was a, it was a $40,000 car back in nine and back in 2000. So 20 years ago, you're looking at about a 80 to hundred thousand dollar car right today working as a security guard shift supervisor so i was doing pretty well i could pick up my phone text two or three guys and i would have 20 to 30 guys going out that night easy easy and we'd all be friends or quote unquote friends so one night you guys know this story um Two of the guards that were under my supervision, it was Christmas Eve. They went and they went into a residence, not a residence, uh, a business owner's space, and they made three coffees. Long story short, as you all know the story, uh, I got fired because I didn't report them to my supervisor. Right move by my supervisor. Looking back, it was the right move. At the time, I didn't like that. I was angry. I got very angry with my supervisor and the company that I was working for. I'm like, how dare they fire me? I did nothing. The reason why they fired me was because I did nothing. I'm a supervisor. Whatever happens under my watch is my responsibility. Even if it's, even if it's my own employees doing something they shouldn't be doing, it is my responsibility. I didn't get that when I was... Mid 20s. Oh, cocky little crack, little, little, little shite. Uh, of course. Everybody's to blame except for me. Anyways, that led into um, a really negative downward spiral. I had sold the condo with my sister, took 50% of the profit just so I could make ends meet. The money ran out. I had no job. I had no, I had no leads for job. My friends abandoned me, save for two. Two guys were the only ones that would check up on me once every other week, once every week, just to make sure that I was still breathing. Um, I have nothing but love for these two guys. And um, they'll be forever my closest friends. And I know they're listening and I know they're watching this. So Ari and Arthur, if you guys, you know, you guys are, you guys are my brothers, brothers in life, brothers from a different mother. (laughs) Anyways, um, that led into a spot. Like I said, into a negative downward spiral for me with negative self-talk. I was feeling alone. I felt like there was nobody Nobody else in this world understood what I was going through and I had no one to talk to, but I was so angry that I didn't want to talk to anybody, but nobody was asking me, John, are you okay? Do you need anything? Let's go for a drive. Those two, except for those two guys and my family, out of the... 100 friends that I had as my early, twi- early teens or late, I will not say late teens, early 20s, 100 guys easy. Only two of them. So I felt abandoned. That's why I felt alone. And I had no one to share this with because I was so angry that everybody abandoned me. My job abandoned me. My parents my parents gave me the space that I needed to work things out. And I'm glad they did. Because if they were to intervene on, on something like that, I would still be in resentment. And I wouldn't have the tools that I have now to help, not just myself, because I, I to tell you guys that, you know, I'm still, oh, I beat depression and I got out of it and I went headstrong right through it. That's a load of crap because I'm still going through bouts of depression. There are days where I don't want do, to do anything. I still feel alone. I still feel isolated. But over the years, because I've worked through, through this by myself, I've developed tools that to help me get out of it a little bit quicker. Not make me do something too drastic that I won't re- that I'll regret later on in life. So I know there's a lot of guys out there that 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 feel this. This is why I'm talking about this because it's important. It's important for you guys to listen to this and to take into your into your own life that you are not alone. There are a lot of other people out there that are going through. Not going to say the exact same thing as you, because that's wrong, I'm going to say something similar to what you're going through. They're experience, they're having a similar experience, just in a different context. So moving on to the next point, I want to talk, I also want to talk about why we fall so deep into depression. It's because we allow it. We allow this, um, uh this feeling to take over our lives the problem with and i just want to be i just want to be transparent with you it is healthy to let it happen however when you allow something to linger for too long and I'm, I'm learning this in a different way. They're called pendulums. If you guys are interested in reading something, I highly recommend um, Reality Surfing" by Vadim Zeland. It's a fantastic book. It's a huge book. But, I mean, it's the lessons that you can learn. And I use a lot of his stuff in my, in my trainings, and I'm going to be changing a lot of my trainings to include even more of his stuff into it because it's so powerful. Um, he basically says that life is filled with pendulums, calls them pendulums. And the more attention that we give a pendulum, the more energy we give it and the higher, the higher, risk, is going to um, take over our lives. So the pendulum will control our lives rather than us controlling the pendulum. So depression is a pendulum. Your past experiences are a pendulum. Your parents are a pendulum. Everything in this world is a pendulum. Your car, your kids, your wife, your house, your job, your income, your your wealth, your, your shirts, everything is a pendulum. Your thought process on your past history, your thought process on your ancestors, that is a pendulum. While it's important to have these pendulums in our lives, we need to understand not to allow that pendulum to control our lives or our actions. We fall into depression because when we hold on to a pendulum so tightly, Now, when it starts swinging to one side, it will have the equal and opposite equal. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. I'm Greek. Well, that helmet means a lot to me, even though it's a replica, even though it's probably one eighth or one fourth of the actual size. It means a lot to me. It's my ancestors. To me, that helmet represents sacrifice of self for something greater than yourself. This here I got in Athens. It's a piece of rock, but it's sculpted as, as the Acropolis in Athens with the owl of wisdom that Athena had. The Acropolis to me symbolizes the modern democracy and freedoms that we cherish today. So my ancestry means a lot to me. I'm proud of my ancestors. But if I hold on to that pride, again, pride, pendulum is a pride. If I hold on to that pride, it will swing back with the opposite directions. And and I will start asking myself, okay, all my ancestors did these amazing things. Self-sacrifice, invention, forward thinking, critical thinking, arguments. all this amazing stuff what have i done with my life when i compare myself to them i am nothing i am nothing that can lead you to a depression and if you hold on to that for too long you will have a negative downward spiral for everything else in your life including your family including your self-care including your job, including your ability to work, including your ability to walk out and enjoy the sun, the beautiful sun that we have here in South Florida. If you start to feel like, you know, this pendulum starting to take over your life, what you want to do is release it from any importance that it has to you. It's a freaking hard thing to do. I still struggle with it. I, I am still working with this. There's tricks, tips and tricks that he uses, which we'll get into later and uh, in, in probably in another episode, definitely in the, in, the, in, the tra- in the new training that I'm doing for the seven-day life reset program. So just be aware of you know, the things that you hold on to too dearly. Don't give it that much importance. It's not that important. Things change, people change, you change, your location changes. Your location might, you, your life might do something as drastic as my life did, as to go move to a country and to a place in the world that you never thought that you'd find yourself in. All right, just let it happen. Make the best of it and move on. So another important aspect that I want to touch up on today is what does depression look like? Now, this is very important if you have somebody in your life who you have real, who you think has fallen into depression. Depression has many different faces. And the wonderful and beautiful thing about depression or any mental illness is that it is not racist. It doesn't care what color your skin is. It doesn't care what color your hair is. It doesn't care what part of the world you come from. It doesn't care what kind of God you believe in. It doesn't care what language you speak. It is with every single human being on this planet, period. We all go through it at one point in our lives. The trick is how do we manage it? The other trick is if we know somebody who is suffering from depression for us to identify it. Now, if you asked me 20 years ago, John, or he told me, John, uh, you're depressed, buddy. You need to go. You need to get out, which some of my friends had, had said, not in that. Not in that way, but I had a conversation with uh, my friend Arthur, and um, he was like, you need to start getting out more. What happened to you? Basically, get your head out of your, get your, head out of your ass and get yourself out. And um, I didn't have the money to go out. I was broke. And I I was, because of my pride, I wouldn't allow myself for other people to pay for me. I'm still like that. There's still, I still need a lot of work. I don't like handouts. I never have, and I never will. I don't like it when business owners give me something for free. I don't, I don't like that. I know that that free thing that you're giving me costs you money. And I don't want to be a source of you giving me something and it's going to put you in a bad position. I want to give you money as trade for that service or good or service that you're offering. Because I understand how hard it is to make that dollar. It's freaking hard. It is not easy. So for me, I can only speak about myself. For me, it was... I would isolate myself. I wouldn't talk. I hid myself from the world. Now, that's not the this is not the gold standard of depression. Depression has many different, like I said, many different faces. It can come many different ways. I know some people who who put on a happy face, a smile from ear to ear. But in their eyes, you can see the truth. Human, a person's eyes will always tell you exactly what they're what they're thinking and feeling. You can you, people instinctively know fake smiles from real smiles. My brother-in-law, when I was taking some headshots, proved that to me. we were taking some headshots, and I was just doing your basic smile. He's like, "No, no, no, give me a real smile. That's mm, yeah, a real smile. See, it's a real smile. He's like, "No, no, no. Think about my son, my nephew, his son. Think about him. And he was maybe a couple months old. And my face just lit up because I love that boy like my own. And I was like, he's like, that's a smile. So there is a difference by how we smile. People know instinctively of a real smile from a fake smile. When you see a fake smile, It's not a good idea to call people out. Me personally, I didn't like it when people called me out. What you can do is initiate a conversation in a way where it gets them talking. And all you have to do is listen. If you hear some, like, really bad stuff going on, like, Um, you know, they're thinking about doing something too drastic with their life. Maybe you should just tell them, you know what? Maybe I think you should hold off on that. You have something of value. You may not see it, but maybe you should hold off on that. And just let them talk after that. And follow up with them a week or two later. So there's, um, there's other, there's other stuff that, you know, can, you can tell whether a person is depressed or happy. Now, I don't really like using the term um, introvert and extrovert uh, because we can change. I, I have the ability to change from extrovert to introvert and back to introvert. I love being an introvert. I love being by myself with my thoughts and just Sometimes with no thoughts. Oh, my guy, we have, like uh, I saw a comedian say once, uh, we have this special box. It's called the empty box, and we like living there a lot. So when uh, ladies, you're asking us what, what we're thinking about, we tell you nothing, we're really thinking about nothing. There's no thought process happening. We just enjoy it. It gives this the ability to take a break from it all. But regardless, um, if, for example, uh, you see somebody at a networking event, this happened. I-, I heard this story last week, and they were in the corner by themselves and they weren't mingling with other people like you should be at a networking or quote unquote, you should be at a networking event. Uh, that may not be depression. That just may- might be shyness. Maybe they don't feel comfortable, but maybe there's too many people around. Maybe they're better one-on-one. So it's a funny balance between um, you won't really know until unless you start talking to the person and allow them to talk where you're going to really know what depression, if they're depressed or not. So trying to answer the question like, what does depression look like is probably the toughest question that you can answer because we can mask it. You can mask it very easy. So it's a really tough, unless you actually know the person, then it's really hard to, you know, walk on the street and say, oh man, that person is depressed. There are some telltale signs like rounded, rounded shoulders, their arms are in their head, is down and they're just walking. And they're just being, they they give off the, they give off the uh, illusion that they're, that they're miserable. They are miserable, but there's a reason why they're miserable. Nobody's miserable because they want to be miserable. Something has happened in their life. That's basically it, guys. Um, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this. Tomorrow, we're going to be releasing an episode with a long-form episode with Anne Hintz, uh, who at 19 years old woke up one morning to find her mother dead in her bathroom. 20 years later, the tears from that trauma were still just under the surface. Russian, Anne found a simple technique that helped her release these emotions. But when she went further, she can now put her awareness inside her body and change the bone structure of her skull. Of her skull, and that has changed. That has actually grown by half an inch at the age of forty-five. Anne has found out that seeking out our truth. What we truly feel and accepting those feelings is the key to inner peace. It's going to be a really good episode, guys. You're going to need a pen and paper for this one, 100%, and really pay attention. And um, uh, I just want to thank you all for watching this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you are watching this on YouTube or Rumble, please don't forget to hit the bell, subscribe, and share this episode with someone that you think it might help. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Breaker, iHeartRadio, or whatever streaming service that you use, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review as it will help us reach out to more people that are suffering from mental health issues. But before you go, I'd like to invite you to keep the conversation going by signing up to your free account at Pod Inbox. Over the years, we have discovered that in order for us to achieve the greatness that we are destined for. We can't do this alone. So in order for you to find your place back in this world, we have come across this amazing tool called Pod Inbox where we can get together and discuss this topic even deeper. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes and sign up for your free account and find out for yourself how powerful community really is. Until tomorrow, you guys have an awesome day.